Welcome to Conan Kruger. That's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cohn. The 49ers have an open practice today at 145. The two last open practices of the year, today and tomorrow. Larry and I will be there. But before, we'd like to sort of recap what happened in the game and not go over what happened specifically, but our impressions of some of these roster bubble players. We've seen them now twice in games. You've seen them twice. We've seen them in preseason games, and we have strong opinions. But first, yes, but first the Niners just signed Tayshawn Gibson a uh, veteran safety. He played with Kyle Shanahan in Cleveland and with Robert Sala in Jacksonville. He's been a starter for a very long time. He's either 31 or 32. Do you think he'll make this team, Larry? Uh, there's definitely a great opportunity because the the depth at safety is just not there. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, Tarverius Moore played better in this last game, but he struggled in the first game. Uh, Tan, uh, Taylor Hawkins, I thought, played well in this last game. He had an interception, but he's got no hardly any experience at safety. Um, and then you've got Hafanga and you've got Jimmy Ward and you've got Odom who had a pick. So, that's it. That's the total depth chart at safety. Unless you're going to play Dante Johnson there, unless Quantrez Knight is going to slide over and, and play there, which I think he is. But yeah, I think they could definitely use one more veteran body uh, to at least compete in this last, you know, in this last preseason game uh, for a roster spot. So I think it makes sense to add a body. I don't know how likely it is that he makes it though, because Knight looks good to me. Yeah. You know, I like Knight a lot. We're going to talk about Knight. I see Knight as sort of like a do-everything DB, um, maybe a nickel. I look at Gibson as a a real starting safety. I mean, he started he started 12 games at safety last year, 16 the year before that. He started 132 games at safety. He has 27 picks in his career. I mean, there was a time when he, he had two picks last year. Like, I, I think he's a better player than Jaquaski Tart. I think this is a nice addition. I think the reason he waited this long is because he sees himself as a starter and didn't want to sign early in camp and have to compete for a job. He wanted to wait for a job to open up. I think he sees he has an opportunity here. I think he's a better player than Tavarius Moore and probably even George Odom too. So this is this is a significant signing. Yeah. No, I mean, there's no question that that you know they're they don't have a lot of proven depth there. Uh, you know, Odom's a special teamer. Uh, Tarvarius Moore. Is is you know big and long and physical and and straight line fast, but his quickness seems like it's diminished after the uh, injury. So um, they don't have a lot of bodies. So yeah, I, I like this addition as well. I think he probably makes the roster. But anytime you're dealing with a player in his 30s, you right. got to see him move around. You got to see him what what he's got, what kind of shape he's in. Um, but obviously, they probably worked him out before they signed him. So uh, I'm eager to see what he's got. Yeah, a lot of times DBs can fall off a, a cliff in their 30s. But what's interesting about the Niners DBs this offseason is they're intercepting all these passes. Gibson is a ball hawk, or was. And last year, they had a great defense, but they were like 21st in interceptions, which shouldn't happen when you have a front seven like that. So all of a sudden, it seems like they're completing their defense and they're getting playmakers, ball hawks, to complement everything else they have on their defense. I think he will make the final roster. Now let's talk about some undrafted rookie free agents. Let's do it. Know, the stars of camp. Starting with Jordan Mason, who I think has captured a lot of fans' attention. I put up a, a video of his carries yesterday. A lot of people were watching that. He runs hard. He's extremely decisive, and he's got burst for an undrafted free agent. Do you think he'll make the final roster? 
Um, the 49ers have, have had so much better luck with the undrafted free agent running backs than they have with the guys that they've taken in the you know early part of the draft. So I, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I think he's now shown too much, I think, to sleep, to sneak him through waivers. So that's also a factor. Well, you know, you got to ask the question, will any of these guys sneak through waivers? I don't think Mason will sneak through waivers. I think, you know, th- that there's probably some team out there that's going to see 225 pound back runs with power, contact balance, yeah. um, finishes his runs really averaging tough. about six yards of carry. Yeah. And and if yeah. you go back to college, it's not an accident. I think he averaged five point two a carry at G Tech. So I mean, you know, he played in the ACC and he played at a pretty high level. Um, yeah, I think he looks good. I mean, if you if I didn't tell you, right. you know, between Trey Sermon and Jordan Mason, which guy was undrafted and which guy was the third round pick, you would have said, oh yeah, Mason's the third round pick. Agree. And you know, if you didn't know what happened last year and you just were dropped on earth starting this offseason you said which running back had the best offseason for the Niners I think you'd say Jordan Mason Elijah Mitchell's a hell of a player but he's hurt right now he's hurt a lot Jordan Mason is out there looking like an Iron Man and then he plays like I thought he'd be tough to tackle but then in a game he's really really tough to tackle he reminds me of Arian Foster Arian Foster was an undrafted free agent went on to have some really really good years I don't know if Mason will ever get 300 carries in a season but it looks like he could handle it He's got that decisiveness that, and he's like instantly going downhill. He get, takes the outside zone to the right, but finds the cut back to the left. I like Jordan. I'm a fan. I'm getting his jersey. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, he is. He's a good player. And not only that, they, they didn't use him as a receiver at Georgia Tech, but the 49ers have thrown him the ball, and he looks pretty natural as a receiver. So then you got to wonder, why did they not use him as a receiver in college? But the run power, the contact balance, that's, I mean, to me, yeah. what made Barry Sanders the greatest back ever? He had the best contact balance of all time. And this guy is not Barry Sanders. Uh, but he's got, he, and I've seen seen him take hits in practice. He bounces right off. You can't arm tackle him. Um, he runs upright, but he deals out punishment. To me, it's a little little bit of a Marshawn Lynch, a little bit of a Marion Barber kind okay. of a look. Uh, he's a little bit more violent than Arian Foster, right? Arian yeah, Foster I mean, kind of sleek, yeah. He, yeah. Arian Foster had a little bit more pick and slide. I see a little yeah. bit more Roger Craig. I see more oh, like wow. high knees and and you know he he he's no picnic to cover. And if he gets two or three steps and he gets on that second level, it's like uh oh. He made a couple plays in the second half of this game uh, the other night that it was like wow. You know this guy's gonna be hard to bring down. He runs with a lot of power. He he's a very powerful runner. Uh, who finishes his runs. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they got an abundance of riches, but how does this guy not make it? Maybe maybe because he's a running back and an undrafted free agent, teams feel they're a dime a dozen, he, he could sneak through. But it, it seems to me if he doesn't and the Niners keep Trey Sermon instead of him, that would be a shame because, look, Trey Sermon hasn't had the best blocking, but you said it with Mason. He runs with power and violence. I mean, that's something every running back can control. You see it with him. He's constantly falling forward. Sermon, he gets hit. He gets stood up. And a lot of times he gets thrown on his back. That's something he can control. I think he does not run hard enough for this team. 
Well, okay. I, I've seen a ton of Sermon going back to Oklahoma. He is a true rhythm back who needs a volume of carries to get rolling. He's just never gotten that that you know volume in this offense. And Kyle doesn't use his running backs like that. He uses a couple series here, a couple series there. So Sermon has never really gotten going. I think if they if Sermon were like their only back and they had to hand it to him, you know, 15, 20 times he would warm up and you'd start to see a little bit more of that player that you saw at Ohio state. Um, but so far they haven't given him the carries and bunches and he hasn't established any rhythm. I think they should trade him. I, I think, think they, they should, should too. Him. Yeah. I think they should too, because there's probably, you know, the third round player equivalent at a different position that they could acquire for him. And like, I'll give you an example. Tevin Jenkins, who was a first-round pick, I think, of the Bears, tried to try to make tackle. Now they're trying to make guard. The Niners, you know, maybe don't know who their third tackle is going to be. Maybe they've got some tackle issues because of McGlinchey. Um, that would be a nice deal. So, I mean, maybe there is a way they could flip him and get something of that's a little bit more useful. And I think what they need to learn from Trey Sermon and Jordan Mason is they need to stop spending third round picks on running backs because I know there are good running backs that get taken high in the draft. But when you can find good ones later, you should probably be spending those third round picks on positions where it's harder to find good players later, like offensive line or deep safety or corner. I'm just saying, but that's just my I'm no, blind. no, it's it's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it goes yeah. back to the origins of the Niners' greatness in the 80s and 90s. What did they – they always had great O-lines. They always right. had great defensive backfields. But Ray Rhodes found guys late, and yeah. Bob McKittrick found guys late. And the, what's the advantage of Kyle Shanahan and, and their running backs? Uh, he seems like he can find a good back late. So, yeah, maybe invest those higher picks in other spots. Yeah. Uh, G-Code travels – Vlog POV says Niners signed Pro Bowl safety Tayshawn Gibson. We talked about it at the beginning, and our take is that it's a nice signing. I thought I think he's a better player than Tart, uh, and I think he's gonna make the team. So let's. Um, he, Terry Brooks says, "Do you think Bose is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate?" Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't. You know, he didn't get any votes for Comeback Player of the Year last year. Zero. Why? Yeah, I don't know, because coming off the ACL, I mean, it was almost like people forgot he was so good. It was almost like people forgot he had the ACL. Possible. Were people just so focused on uh, Joe Burrow? I don't know. Maybe, it, you know maybe it's a quarterback league. East Coast bias? I don't know. All right, enough of Jordan Mason. Another undrafted rookie free agent, Jason Poe. He's been the 49ers' second-string left guard throughout the preseason. Uh, he's been phenomenal in the one-on-one -on -one pass rush drills in camp. Now he's having some like highlight plays as a run blocker, pulling and, and pancaking people. Do you think he'll make the final roster? God, I hope so. I really think there's greatness there. Yeah. I mean, this guy's strong. He plays with leverage. He's an athlete. He can move his feet. Uh, he doesn't give a lot of ground, you know, in his pass protection. That one little crackback block where he pulled over and uh, and <clears throat> hit the hit the linebacker. That's a that's a block that many offensive linemen whiff on because that's an athlete and you have to move yeah. to get there. Right. And he made that play and, you know, buried that guy and they ran right off his back shoulder. So I like Poe. I'd like to see him, Grant, get some run at center. I'd like to see what, what he looks like at center because I really think that their most dominant front, uh, you know, in the interior could be Banks, Poe, and Burford. 
Uh, so I'd love to see Poe get some center reps in this final week. It doesn't sound like it's going to happen, but yeah, I'd like to see him make the team. Yeah. I don't, you know, maybe, maybe this is one spot where they have to take one extra, extra roster spot and devote it to an extra offensive lineman to make sure that they, you know, try to keep their inventory of young players. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a possibility if they cut Jordan Mason that he could slide through just because he's a running back, kind of like what used to happen to Jeff Wilson Jr. Not so with Jason Poe. Uh, a guard who plays like this, I think people, I think he has real starter potential. In fact, I'm going to say some hot takes right now, but it's my show and I'm allowed to do it. I think he's the second best offensive lineman on the team right now after Trent Williams. I like him that much. And I like Spencer Burford too. The addition of Burford and Poe, huge for this team. I think Poe's a better player than Banks. I think Poe should be the starting left guard. And I think he will be the starting left guard by the end of the season. Whether the Niners recognize it yet, I think he'll Banks will play his way out and Poe as well will play his way in. I don't know how it's going to shake out as far as their death chart, but I was saying this the other day at practice. I think Poe's got Pro Bowl pa- yeah. Pro Bowl talent. Yeah. Now people I say, don't care that he's small. Wait, wait. He's undrafted and it- Small ball talent. Who cares that he's 6'1", 300 pounds, big enough? What yeah. matters is that he's freaking strong and fast and quick and explosive, and you can't get under his pads. You know what he reminds player. me of, Grant? Who? Do you remember Keith Sims, who played with the Dolphins? And he played at Iowa State. He was a guard in the, I think, the 90s. And he was short. He was like, okay. you know, 6'1", 6'2". Nate, kind of a little bit like Nate Newton, but like better weight. Like Nate had had some bad weight. You know, guys who are athletic can move their feet have tremendous power, can uproot you, can stonewall you in the hole as a pass blocker, uh, can can create that pop in the run game. I mean, that's what Poe reminds me of. If they cut this kid loose, I mean, that would be just such a poor decision because he's going to play 10 years in the NFL for sure. And I think he's going to be a pro bowler. He reminds me of Shaq Mason, who was a starting guard for the Patriots for a long time, if not still. Um, and I think something one thing about the Patriots that they're good at, they don't, shy away from small offensive linemen. Their right tackle is Isaiah Wynn, who's 6'2", who's one of the best right tackles in the league, and a lot of people passing him because they thought he was too small. Who cares? I, I really feel like if you could were to compare, line up Aaron Banks and Jason Poe and say, who does what better? Like, uh, strength, Poe. Speed, Poe. Quickness, Poe. Expl- explosion, Poe. Size, Banks. That's the yeah. Length, Banks. Okay, all right, well. There's a lot of big offensive linemen that don't necessarily play with strength and leverage and power. And, and you know what I mean? So I like Poe. I'm team Poe. Well, and then here's the other thing. As the league get, as the defense defenders in the league get more and more athletic, it, it doesn't, your height means less and your athleticism means more. So yeah. you have to be an athlete to match those athletes on defense. So if you're, how do you find those athletes? You got to take them in any shape they come. And in this particular situation, if this guy were six, four, he would have been a second round pick, but instead he's six, one and change, maybe six feet flat. And so he becomes undrafted, but he's a great athlete. It was a great scouting job by the Niners uh, personnel department. And this guy can do it. He's just short. He's just short. And I think he's going to be really, really good question for you who do you think matches up better with aaron donald jason poe or aaron banks i, I don't think there's any doubt it's poe it's poe because poe poe keeps his feet moving yep. banks banks i think he's gonna is gonna stonewall him for a few seconds but as soon as donald redirects he's just gonna be beelining to the quarterback and 
Donald's going to get underneath his pads and Banks is going to have a tough time anchoring. You can't get underneath Jason Post. It's, it's physically impossible. I've never seen anyone do it. <laughs> and he comes off I'm the sorry. ball so quick. He's so, so he, good. He, you know, yeah. the, the big key for an offensive lineman is can an offensive lineman get their hands on you before you yep. get their hands on them? And that's what he does. He, he, he's got a great quickness off the snap. And Trent Williams noticed it. And Trent Williams brought him on his private plane. And those two are going to be playing together. For a very long time, I'm calling it right now, next to each other. Gregory Young says, are there any good O-lines still out there we can get? Lancel Black, Burrow running for his life behind this line. Well, again, I, I just want to say that the the uh, the found money of fourth-round pick Burford and undrafted free agent Poe is huge for this team. No one, I didn't see this coming when the when the draft happened. So that's no. big. Yeah. Um, the, and also you got to remember, when I went back and, and watched this film, Keaton Sutherland had a nightmare game. Nightmare. And it was like he was almost personally responsible for almost all the pressure. Yeah, he's um, that was, I mean, Poe had, Poe gave up zero pressures in this game. Zero. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that I guess the last question would be what happens if McGlinchey isn't ready week one? What do they do? I don't like the whole uh, McKivitz at right tackle thing. Sorry. I know they won with him at left tackle week 18, but I, is it unfair to ask Burford to play a new position? I guess, but I think he's the best. I think he'd be better than McKivitz at right tackle. Well, you know, it's funny. Did you see Trent Williams' comments last week about McKivitz? No. What did he say? Well, he just basically said that he admires McKivitz and that McKivitz is just a tough old guy from West Virginia who's just like he's not afraid of anybody and he's just like looks at everybody as a number and, you know, he just kind of admires his just straight toughness. So, I don't know. I I like McGard. I know. I, I just think McKivitz is the guy they trust more. I mean, you yeah. better, I'll say this, you better have some trust in, you know, it's not about prospects. You better have guys that you trust. I'd rather have a technician who's a little underpowered. And I think that's probably what McKivitz is. So I, I think I'd rather lean with McKivitz, uh, you know, especially if it's just a, sh- a few weeks. If it's you the full, want- full year, maybe you might yeah. want to consider Burford. True. Uh, you probably also ideally want to have a rookie focus on one position at first, right? I think I think that makes sense just to, yeah. so they can adapt to what they're yeah. doing. I mean, Don't you want that versatility, though, ideally. You do. And I think, actually, if McGlinchey's not the right tackle next year, they might want to give Burford a look. He looks like a, he could play. He's got the length, six foot four. It's not short for an offensive tackle. I don't know. Well, that's why I was saying before that Trey Sermon, Tevin Jenkins thing to me makes sense because not that they, I've seen that rumor, but, I mean, it sounds like the Bears – are at their wits end with Tevin Jenkins. They're going nowhere. Maybe they would take a guy like Trey Sermon and part with Tevin Jenkins. And maybe Jenkins could be your, you know, a guy who could plug and play for, you know, at red right tackle, at least until McGlinchey gets right. Uh, Agree. Corey Wiggs says, Poe and Mason need to make this team, but why do I feel this team prioritizes where a person was drafted opposed to what is on tape? I feel like what they do here is, you you release the people you think you can get away with releasing. If you think you can sneak a guy in the practice squad, you try to do it, and it's harder to do with people who were drafted high because other teams might have liked them too. So if they think they can sneak Jordan Mason on the roster on the practice squad, doesn't mean they think he's worse than Trey Sermon. What do you think? You also got to remember that you know when you know when you've put together good rosters for three four years in a row now, like the yep. Niners have. Teams know who the most talented rosters are. So the the guys the 49ers cut, the guys the Chiefs cut, the guys the Ravens cut, the guys, you know, they're going to get an extra look around the league. So it's going to be more difficult when you're one of those teams to sneak somebody through. 
Every year, the 49ers release a linebacker and he gets signed by another team. And you may not have even heard of him, but it's just the Niners have this reputation as being a linebacker factory, which they are. They are. And so this year, it could be Mar Marcelino McCrary Ball. If he doesn't make the team, could be gone. Happens all the time. The only thing I'll say in their favor on that is, uh, as far as that particular example, is mm -hmm. just that the Niners do uh, are on the cutting edge of of smaller, faster, yeah. and there's still some teams that believe in, in a little bit more size. So maybe they look right. at McCrary Ball as too small. But yeah, if you're thinking speed right. at linebacker, man, this guy's doing it. Which you should be in 2022. Okay. Yeah. Next player, undrafted rookie free agent from UCLA. Uh, do-it-all defensive back Quantrez Knight. Will he make the final roster? No doubt. I mean, D'Amico no Ryans is going to make uh, – is talked him up. He's he's like a rookie veteran. And if you watched him at UCLA, he made plays all the time. I mean, he was constantly making plays. He wore 24 for them. He's just really good against the run. You can play him at free safety. You can play him at nickel. I don't think you can play him at outside corner because he probably lacks some long speed. But, right. man, this guy this guy diagnoses correctly. He's got a great, head, uh, great nose for the ball. He's courageous. He'll throw his head in there, and he's versatile, and he's smart. So I think he's going to make the team. And I, he plays special teams, too. I, to me – this is the new Dante Johnson. I don't know that he'll ever be a starter on the team, but he could fill in at nickelback safety and he can be one of your core special teams guys. And that's what Dante Johnson did for a long time. He had a great career doing that. He's hurt right now. He's 31 years old. It's probably time to move on. No, no disrespect, but you need another one. And this guy's a rookie. Seems like he can do all of that for cheaper. Not that Dante Johnson's expensive, but yeah, I think there's definitely a role for Quantra's night. Yes. And Dante Johnson will sneak through waivers. He's been yeah, you could always constantly. Get Dante. And Dante's kind of known, you know, there's probably three or four guys in each camp that the rest of the league kind of knows. Well, you know what? Uh, he's going to stay in San Francisco in some capacity, right? He's, yeah. he's been there his whole career. So, um, so I, I would say Quantrez Knight makes, makes the team. He's just too versatile. And also I think he could be the backup free safety. Yeah, absolutely. So look, let's let's count the corners who are going to make this team. You got Emmanuel Mosley, Traverius Ward, Samuel Womack. That's three. Diamador Lenore is four. Two more. So what's what's Verrett's status going to be? Is he going to be on some list? He'll at the probably of the year? be on a list to start the season, I would think, because he hasn't done anything. So he'll okay, be on the then, then you've got uh, Ambry Thomas, and Ambry, he, he's five. a favorite of of one of their for one of their personnel guys, right? Right. And then you got uh, Quantrez is six. Or who are we leaving out? Kadar Holman. Kadar Holman, but I mean Holman's coverage is I thought was soft in this in this last game, especially on the you know the zone. Hold um, on, who would you rather have, Tariq Castrofields or Ambry? Hmm. That's tough. That's what I think it comes down to. I thought Tariq Castrofields is a little bit more dependable uh, tackler. Yeah, you know, and and he's he's I think he's solid as a tackler, but I think Ambry's got a little bit more upside as a man to man corner. I think I think they'll keep Ambry. Okay, well those are your, those are your uh, that's your corner projection. Ryan Jennifer Wood said off topic. TDP reminds me of Ricky Waters. What do y'all think about that comparison? Ricky could catch pretty good though. Who uh, does Mason resemble? I haven't seen him much. I'm, I'm saying Mary. Yeah, I'm saying Marion Barber and, and a little Marshawn, a little Marshawn as far as Mason. Just TDP, yeah, as far yeah. as TDP, Ricky Waters was a college wide receiver. Yeah. So you got to remember that TDP yeah. is not a wide receiver. He's he's kind of a run you over, kind of a running back um, with some speed. 
Well, it's I got I, I you know it's hard to. There's a couple different guys. I mean, going way back. I mean, he's a 220. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Corey Dillon. Okay. You know, 220 pounds, runs with some decent body lean. So, so at times will run away from you, but at times will run you over. So, I mean, it's hard to know what, what his mindset is. Um, but, yeah, I, I like TDP, and I think there's – I mean, he definitely makes the team. His highlight reel, this – he's had – that that one negative run on fourth down was obviously he went east-west and you got to go north-south. But that other run that he had to the right-hand side where he bust – where he, you know, pounded helmets with the defender, ran over the first guy, and then almost ran over the second guy. Yeah. I mean, that that was impressive. It was. Okay, I have a comparison for, for uh, TDP. Chris Carson. Yeah, that's a good Chris one. And I like Chris Carson. Well, he's good. He's retired, but yeah, he's good. down and kind of got slow, but Ty Davis Price is a faster Chris Carson. And Chris Carson was a little mini Marshawn. I mean, that was a little, he had a little beast mode to him at one point. I think, I think he kind of reminds me a little bit of just a bigger version of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Okay. Well, same school for sure. Same yeah. school, runs hard, finishes his runs. Yeah. Um, you know, 220 pounds where, where Edward Solaire is a little smaller, uh, but yeah, determined runner who can run over you or run around you if he has to. And you look at the way Ty Davis Price finishes his runs, Jordan Mason, Jeff Wilson Jr., Elijah Mitchell, just brutal. And then Trey Sermon. Yeah. I just don't think like- Trey Sermon's a fit for what this team wants to be, like their identity. They want to be the most violent physical team on offense. And if you have four running backs who can give you that, trade Trey. Sorry. Sorry, Trey. He's I, too good to cut, you, though. Too good, too good to cut. But you, yeah. but I don't think he, I don't think he's ever going to get the volume of carries that oh, he man. needs to establish the rhythm that he is known for. Yeah, Corey Wig says, "Is this the time to trade Drake Greenlaw to bring in O line secondary help?" Kind of feel like he is a luxury at this point. What do you think? I don't trade Pro Bowl linebackers. He's a Pro Bowl linebacker in my mind. I mean, he's just, he's fast. He's instinctive. He loves to hit. Uh, yeah, they are loaded there. There's no, there's no question. And I'd have to know exactly what O lineman or exactly what DB. It better, all I'll say is it better be a damn good player coming back because this guy is a pro bowler. Yeah. If it's a starting, a good starting center, I'm listening. Otherwise, I don't think, you know, you're not trading him for a backup offensive lineman, but a starting center, hey, let's talk. It's got to be a day day one or day two kind of pick that's just out there for whatever reason. Anthony Adams says, I know this is a what have you done for me lately league, but Ambry makes the team for that interception versus the Rams to secure our playoff berth alone. Possibly. I mean, he did do some kind of like Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings has done nothing all offseason, but he did a lot down the stretch, and I think he's going to make the team mostly because of that. I wonder if Ambry's in the same boat because he's done nothing all offseason. Yeah, I mean, he to me, he's like good play, bad play. I mean, it's just, but I I know that uh, that they like him, and he is he's a good prospect as far as size and speed. Um, and he did, as you guys, as you just referenced there, he fired in the playoffs. You know, and what you do in the playoffs, um, you know, they give these guys kind of a lot more chances after they've done it in the playoffs. It's like you're you're somewhat of a made man. Also, Ambry had this uh, pattern. He was terrible in camp in preseason last year. He was he was buried, and then he kind of got himself out of the doghouse second half of the year. Maybe he could do it again. Maybe they put him on a lit. He's hurt right now. 
Maybe they put him on the list to start the year, and, and he slowly works his way back into rotation down the line. That's what he did last year. All right, next player on offense, Tanner Hudson. Tanner Hudson got a very high grade from pro football focus. He got a lot of targets. He seemed like he was a nice route runner with those little option routes, and it seemed like he could do something after the catch. He did drop a pass, but everyone on the 49ers did in this game except for Ross Dwelly. Do you think Tanner Hudson will make this team? Uh, yeah, I do. I think I think Tanner Hudson's going to take Dwelly's job. I mean, I agree. Dwe- you know, I mean, I, Tanner Hudson has. First of all, you got to remember he he's got a good rapport with Purdy. And this is what happens when you get a backup tight end and a backup quarterback that spent a lot of time playing, you right. know, running patterns for each other. It was almost like he was in lockstep with Purdy, like these guys played collegiately together. Right. So that was great to see. I don't think I think Tanner Hudson um, has has a little bit more ability to stand in as a blocker than Dwelly. And I think he's got sticky hands. Now, he did fumble that one. What an indictment of Dwelly. I'm not even – because Tanner Hudson looks very slim to me. He looks a little bit like a wide receiver, but he but looks Dwelly's, like – Dwelly has no power. Dwelly's slow. And Dwelly gives you nothing after the catch, but he catches the ball. Tanner he Hudson's kind of fast, and he gives you something after the catch. Yeah, and I, I just think Tanner yeah. Hudson looks like a. First of all, they may have to steal a roster spot and go with two tight ends. I wouldn't be surprised if they waive both Hudson and Dwelly to try to create a roster spot for one of these other guys we're talking about. Just because I do yeah. think they're the kind of players that are you know that might sneak through. Like you might be able to pass Tanner Hudson through the waivers yeah. and and still sign him back to the I practice will. squad. This, the way a lot of coaches think is like, if you only have two tight ends and one gets hurt, I have to throw out my two tight end packages entirely. And also, like some of these run first teams, like the Niners, in the go- like near the goal line, have three tight end packages. So if you only have three tight ends and you lose one of them, you can't do any of that stuff. So I, I actually think there's a possibility the Niners could keep four tight ends and maybe should, because again, this is a team that's going to lead the league in rushing. If they do, maybe Dwelly and Tanner Hudson can make it. I think. Those guys are kind of neck and neck, but yeah, Hudson's faster. He gives you more after the catch, I think. And neither one's particularly like a road grader as a blocker. So if you're looking for your designated pass catching backup tight end, I, I think I might go with Hudson too. It's interesting if you, you know, it depends where, how you feel about the rest of your roster, because can, can, uh, can you use Hughes check as a second tight end? Can you use any of these offensive linemen that you have as a second tight or as a third tight end? I think Warner's, Probably a good enough run blocker to make it, and obviously Kittle's Kittle, but I'm not convinced that any that either of the other guys um, would get picked up. So I think they might both get waived. But I, if it came down to Dwelly or Hudson, I'd vote for Hudson. Um, I might as well. Although I, we haven't really seen Hudson play with the starters yet, and Dwelly has been getting those reps. And I'll say this: the Niners love and trust Dwelly, and he'll just keep making. He's like the Dante Johnson of the offense. They don't really use him. He's kind of just a special teams guy and a backup, but they need, want him. So I wouldn't be surprised if they like him. Yeah, well, he just makes it for whatever reason, and he gets four targets this year just because that's how it works. Okay. And I love Dwelly at University of San Diego as far as a receiver. He's always been a sticky-handed receiver. It's just that he doesn't yeah. offer much as a blocker, yeah. and, man, this team wants to run the ball a lot. Two false starts in the game the other night? Dwelly, what are you doing? Hey, look, yeah. but if they you are have, asking like him to play multiple roles, so maybe sure. his head's spinning. I don't know, but Fair. to me, I think if it comes, I think Hudson looks a little bit better than Dwelly. The way the reason I like Dwelly is if you watch him in camp in the one on one drills, he always wins, even though he's slow. It's remarkable. He's kind of like Anquan Bolden, 
in the sense that he kind of lumbers up the field and gives a little shake and a little bit of a push off and always makes the contested catch. And it's remarkable that he can beat starters. And you're thinking there's got to be something you can do with him in your offense, like in the red zone, in the end zone. They don't do it. What's the point of having him? I, I don't think is he an asset on special teams? I can't imagine. Can't he's imagine. a receiving tight end. He's an underpowered receiving right. tight end. You either throw it to him or don't. <laughs> he's he might he might be the guy that he's on the hands team on the you know on the onside kick. You know maybe that's. Yeah. But I don't see. I mean I know he's dependable hands wise, but I don't know. I, no, to no. me, I, I think that if I need the roster spot, I would consider all options there. Yeah. Okay. Brock Purdy. He's competing with Nate Sudfeld to be the backup quarterback. Do you think he'll win that competition? If he loses, do you think they'll keep three quarterbacks? Do you think Purdy will make this team? Okay, I've been to- I've been babbling on Twitter for the last 24 hours about this. I think Brock Purdy is incredibly talented. And I think if you really look closely at him versus Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a better prospect than Jimmy Garoppolo. He had a better record in college. He had a higher completion percentage in college. He had a higher quarterback rating in college. He's a better athlete. He's faster, ran a faster 40 time. He he plays with he makes plays routinely that he just sees it. I mean, I've watched enough quarterbacks to know when they see it and when they don't. This guy is calm. He he worked the play clock down in that first game perfectly. He ran the two-minute drill expertly, despite the fact it started with two false start penalties on offensive linemen. Uh, he throws strikes. He's accurate. He's got more arm strength than – I mean, we talked about this last week. I, I, I You thought he didn't have as good arm strength as Mullins. I think he's got better arm strength than Mullins. I didn't see him throw – a single pass in this last game that I didn't think was a flat out dime that Danny gray pass in the end zone. He put that down the field on his hands. Garoppolo doesn't make that pass. Garoppolo, you could give Garoppolo 10, 10 pass, 10 routes like that. He wouldn't throw that pass one time as good as Purdy through that. I think Purdy is a better talent than Jimmy. So I, so I, I think, yes, there's no doubt he beats out Sudfeld. I thought Sudfeld played really well. But Sudfeld's ball hangs. That ball that he threw on the sidelines that was every talk. Oh, what a great play that was. It became it was like a fingertip away from being picked. Um, I think Sudfeld doesn't have the mobility. I think Purdy has got a little bit more urgency to the way he plays. I think he's gonna he's gonna extend downs more. He's gonna run when he when there's avenues. There was an avenue for Sudfeld in this game, uh, Grant, where he could have made the first down. There was the avenue right there. I saw that. He, he didn't take it. Instead, he threw a pass and it was in coverage and it got batted down. It was incomplete. My wife was screaming at the television. Run, run! It's run. right there for you. So yeah, I, I think Purdy. I think the Niners, I don't know who scouted him. I don't know why he went in the last round. I saw it in minicamp. I told you then. I said it at, at the time. This guy's going to beat out Sudfeld. And what I saw in minicamp was a guy who was like, it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like a sixth grader practicing with fourth graders. Like he was so calm. 
Like every drill, it's like he's done it before. And why is that? Because he has done it before. The guy's made 57 starts. He's a total winner. He This guy was 30 and 14, I believe, career at Iowa State. He played, he had a better collegiate record than Garoppolo. He played in a better conference than Garoppolo played. The difference is Garoppolo's six two and change, and this guy's six feet and change. That's it. Garoppolo's two twenty five. This guy's two twenty. Brock Purdy, in my mind, no doubt, is a better quarterback prospect than Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and I think he does things right now that Garoppolo still has not mastered. So yeah, I think he's better in Sudfeld. Yes, I think he would. He needs to make the team. And yes, I've taken a lot of abuse on Twitter for the last 24 I hours. I respect you putting yourself out there. Look, I'm not sure that Purdy's ever going to become a starting quarterback in the NFL. I know you you like him a lot. I, I still feel like Love his him. his arm strength is a little bit on the low, you know, on the on the weaker end of the spectrum. What I will say though, what I've been very impressed with him is his whole ad lib ability. I didn't know he had that. I didn't see it. I mean, he really does ad lib very well. He's more athletic than you would think. He's calm. He makes plays um, outside of structure. That's a really nice quality to have, considering that Nate Sudfeld does not have that. Nate Sudfeld's a robot. And I can't stand quarterbacks who only can do things that, that are they're told to do by the coach. You gotta be able to be an athlete at a certain point. And Brock Purdy can do that. That being said, I don't think he's gonna make the team. And really? he might get picked up. I don't think he will. Here's I, Look, oh my I've been God. steadfast that, on this. That'll be all unbelievable off to me. I've been steadfast in this all offseason. I bet my dad a long time ago I'm going to win this bet. Jimmy's making this team. Jed York said it the other day. They're happy to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. No one's trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. They've said too many times they won't cut him. They're keeping him. People are going to be pissed about it. And I don't know. Maybe they'll keep Purdy as a third string quarterback. I don't know. But I think they should cut Sudfeld and keep Purdy because I think if they cut Sudfeld, no one will pick him up. If they cut Purdy, I don't know. 50-50. I don't know. I mean, somebody's got to see these preseason games. He did not make one bad throw. How about the one he made out of structure where Danny Gray dropped it? Did yeah. you remember that one? And yes. he led him perfectly, and he had to run to an open spot. How about yeah. the one play where he gets flushed out, and then he pivots to his left and throws the sideline route, and it was dropped? Yeah. And it wasn't going to be a first down. It was going to be three yards short of a first down. It was one of the first series he had. But just to just with the rush that he was under, to pivot and the economy of movement, find the open spot, and then throw an absolute dime. I don't know. I, I you know, to me, you can't coach accuracy. Um, that I mean, you're hoping that Trey becomes more accurate. I'll just say this: if Trey Lance. Had made if you took Trey Lance and put him in Brock Purdy's body, okay, and 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 he made all those throws Saturday night that Purdy made, people would be hailing Trey Lance as the next. Oh my God, Trey Lance is going to be a superstar. Are you but saying that Brock, Brock Purdy's Purdy, a better prospect than Trey Lance? Go ahead and say it. No, no, no. Okay, okay. but I'm saying that Brock Purdy is accurate, and Brock Purdy is is like he's like. Uh, he's like the best of all worlds. Why? Because he's on a rookie scale, but he's made 50 starts or whatever. So he's got 
like he's like a veteran. He sees it like a veteran. Where where I really noticed it is in the end zone ca- camera when they show his uh, up close of his face. He's in total command. He's just like bored. He looks like Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, as far as that camera. He's just like pointing guys. He's moving guys around. There was a guy lined up on the wrong side of the formation. He's like, yeah, you're over here. I mean, he's like a veteran rookie. He's like a veteran on a rookie deal who's got all kinds of moxie, comes from a super athletic family. This guy kicked ass at Iowa State. He had 32 school records at Iowa State. I know he's a little small. Larry, you got to admit that the Niners love themselves some Nate Sudfeld, okay? They love they Nate, love Nate Sudfeld. Sudfeld. We don't. They do. And so far through two games, Nate Sudfeld is 21 of 28, and his quarterback rating is 118. And so but who took the one reps Thursday in Minneapolis, in Egan, Minnesota? It was, it was, he took the, the, he took reps in front of Sudfeld on Thursday. All I'm now, saying is that Purdy probably needs a strong final game and he could have it, but I, I'm not sure that he's locked this up yet. Cause Sudfeld has given the, the coaches every reason to go with the coach on the field. If they cut Purdy, he yeah. will wind up in, in the NFL somewhere, maybe Seattle and they're going to look really, really bad. If they cut Sudfeld, he could be somebody's backup. But if they cut you Purdy, the Niners practice squad last year, no one wants Sudfeld. Yeah, Sudfeld. I mean, to me, I, I there's, I see, I see a tremendous young talent with with Brock Purdy. I really do. I think they lucked out. I don't know what Niners scout beat the table for him, but that was a phenomenal draft choice. And if he doesn't make this team, he's going to wind there. He will not clear waivers. Somebody will pick him off. And, then, and the Niners bit, will regret it. it. Reminds me a little bit of ten years ago when the Chargers signed Scott Tolzien. Scott Tolzien as an undrafted free agent had a nice preseason. They thought they could sneak him onto their practice squad. Jim Harbaugh was like, nope, I want him. And they never really did anything with him, but he was on their team for a few years. And he was in the league for a few years. Scott Tolzien. Anyway, Purdy's probably uh, this better guy's than better than Scott Tolzien. This guy's got 30. Scott Tolzien couldn't move. This guy can move. Yeah, this guy's yeah. and this kid's and also he comes from yeah. a super athletic family. Yeah. Um, he was a great player in high school. And, you know, I mean, Iowa State, I mean, 30 and 17 or whatever at Iowa State. I mean, that's Iowa State's not a factory. That's no. not a football factory. Now, the, the one thing that concerned me is uh, it, it was yesterday. Kyle Shanahan was talking about Brock Purdy and he was going, he was giving the whole spiel like you just did. And he said, you know, he started four years in the Big Ten. I was like, oh, wait a second. That's the Big 12, Kyle. That's <laughs> Big 12. Yeah. That's I heard him say that. They don't play defense over there. I, anyway, sometimes I get worried if how well Kyle actually knows his own players. But that's neither here nor there because it looks like Purdy is good despite how well when Kyle came out and called Jake Brendel, Jake Brendel, I was like, hold on, Kyle, you need to know how to pronounce your own Carter. <laughs> this is important. Lucky Louie says, great. The Niners are six point favorites against the bears. We won worth the bet. And will you be traveling to Chicago? Yeah, I'm going to Chicago. Um, Chicago's a lot of fun worth the bet. I don't gamble, man. It, the ball is odd shaped. It bounces funny directions. You gamble with your money. I can't, I don't want to be responsible. I don't like being responsible for your money, man. What would you do? I, I, well, I mean, I, first of all, I would say the as a rule, bet against the Bears on the road. Bet for bet on the Bears at home. They're way better at Soldier than they are on the road. But still, I don't like this matchup. I, I think the Bears are going to be one of the worst teams in the in the conference. I, I think agree. the Niners going to be one of the best teams in the conference. How many players yeah. on the Bears? The can weather. Name? How many Bears I can, can name I like name? Five, can you name five players in the Bears? Justin I Field. mean, yeah, but I'm a sick individual. Okay. I mean, they got rid of a bunch of guys. Let me see how many I can do. Justin Fields, 
Mooney, Khalil Herbert, um, Roquan Smith. Cole Komet. Cole, okay, I wouldn't have got that. That's five. I'm done. I'm done on the Bears. They lost Khalil <laughs> Mack. I mean, they lost. Who the hell is on that team? Yeah, they're not. That's probably a pretty good bet. I think so. That's probably yeah. Their coach is Eberflus, right? Yep, Matt Eberflus, year one. So defensive coach. coach, but they lost everybody. The they lost Mac. Coach. They lost Akeem Hicks. They lost. They lost Eddie Goldman. Their front is not the same as it used to be. They're rebuilding. They're yeah, rebuilding. You better win that game. I don't know six points, but you better win that game. Gammon Brown says sky isn't falling. O line just needs chemistry. I mean, the emergence of these two rookies is huge. It's freaking huge. I think. I didn't see this coming. I, I think it's gonna be really difficult to. I mean, I, most teams want eight O linemen, five starters, three backups. I think the Niners might have to go with nine. I think they may have to go with that extra O lineman. Callie Tremor says, "What are the chances of the Niners starting the season four and Yikes! Okay, Bears week one, uh, Seahawks at home week two, at Denver week three. Hold on, let me get this. That's Russell Wilson national TV, isn't it? That's rough. That's really rough. At least it won't be cold, but it'll still be really high up um and then week no cardinals in there what are, what's in there rams week four is the rams at home yeah i don't know about probably pretty low four no that would be something else be i could see tough. it i could see the niners getting off to a hot start this year yeah that's if they start off four no that's gonna be great <laughs> that would be an auspicious start am i uh wrong or did kyle say that sudfeld is the fastest quarterback they have he did say that with a smile on his face he runs like a four nine Stop saying that. He's the slowest by far. Where's Purdy run? Purdy must run like a 4.7, 4.8. Lance is not is, is slower than Sudfeld. No. Lance hit 20, almost 22 miles an hour in college. He's really fast. He's yeah. definitely a 4.5 guy. G.I. Jones says, can I send you a Kinlaw jersey to autograph, Grant? Sure. Yeah. Maybe we can How autograph. Kinlaw looked, looked incredible the other night. He did. I like that. I didn't know that he was down to 292 pounds. I think that's great for him. When they drafted him, I, I said, they just drafted Eric Armstead again. And Eric Armstead has had his best years at 290 pounds. Kinlaw doesn't need to be 320. That's not going to help him as a pass rusher. He looked better as a pass rusher in this game. He looks good and healthy. Just keep those feet yeah. moving, and he's unblockable. Should the Niners trade for win? What is Isaiah win available? Yes. Who win? Which win? I, like uh, I think that's got to be the win that he's talking about. Hell of a player. Although you always yeah. got to wonder when the Patriots are, are trying to uh, trade someone. Matthew Roberts says Nick Mullins was like Purdy before he had no. Purdy can move. I, I, Nick, I'm Nick out Mullins on, doesn't yeah. have this kid's moxie. Nick Mullins didn't have this kid's Nick Mullins didn't he have this kid's moxie. resume. He didn't, but he didn't have this kid's resume. He went to, he went to a smaller school. Look, he went look, to Southern Miss. He Purdy's got 32 Iowa State records. Purdy completed 71% of his Mullins passes. Beat, Mullins was like broke fifth Brett in the Mark, nation. Right. Mullins broke bread. Mullins is still hanging around. Look, I don't want to trash Nick Mullins, but I do prefer Purdy because if you can't move, I don't think you can be a starter anymore at the NFL. I, and, I mean, I know Tom Brady can do it and Peyton Manning could do it and Drew Brees could do it, but I don't think there's any more of those type of court quarterbacks coming to the league anymore. I think it's more – the difference between Purdy and Mullins is between the ears. That's the difference. It's. I mean, yeah, I think Purdy throws a better ball. I think he's a tougher guy. I think he's a more durable body type. But I think the big difference is his how calm he is at the line of scrimmage. He's a veteran. Yeah, he's like a veteran. was a little high strung. He was a little high strung. And if there was one mistake, it would snowball. That being said, he would get hot. He would get hot sometimes. He would. I don't want to talk he about would. It anymore. He would. He would. 
All right. And is there, are there any bonus players that you would like to bring up before we sign off? Um, yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think it's interesting as far as the receiver battle is it, you know, Tay Martin to me looks really good in practice and yet they're not really getting him the ball. I wonder if they're trying to sneak him through uh, waivers by intentionally not utilizing him in the preseason. Cause Malik Turner, I, I think wide receiver, they may just go with five and all these guys may wind up getting cut outside of the main guys, but I, I, I really like Tay chance. Martin. Don't you think Malik Turner has a chance? I think he does. I mean, that was a beautiful punch out on the fumble and, you know, he can help you as a special teamer, but nice as far, on 12. yeah, well, I mean, he's not bad, but I mean, I just think that when you look at the, when you look at, they may need to keep three quarterbacks, maybe four, they may need to keep, you know, six running backs. Yeah. Uh, they really deep on the defensive line. We've already talked about how they may need to keep an extra offensive lineman. They're going to have to steal a roster spot somewhere. And I think it's going to come at receiver. What about Jermichael Hasty? He set up his game. I like Jermichael Hasty too, and he did oh, he have a role great. this team last year. What do you think? I mean, he's so tough and small and explosive. Uh, my only concerns with him are about turnovers, but I really sure. like Hasty a lot. And I, you know, he just he's he's a guy that you know if you if you need him a starter for a couple weeks, you could get by with Jermichael Hasty. He's averaging six point four yards per carry in the preseason, and he's the only running back who's different i feel like every other running back is kind of the same big uh supposedly hard running this is the quick fast scat back and he's yeah. pretty good i like him a lot i think he should be here and if they cut him this is the kind of guy that arizona should sign the rams should sign he's a good player oh he's gonna be he'll play in the nfl if he you know yeah. whether he's here or somewhere else but i hope they don't cut him because he's i think he's explosive House of Jello says, I was telling my dad that the Niners were practicing the triple option, and he said that it's a mistake because it will give linebackers a free shot on trade. Thoughts? Yeah, I guess. I mean, kind of with, with the option, you're sort of trying to draw the defense into the quarterback so he can pitch it off. I mean, I guess that's sort of freeing him up, opening him up for hits. I just think that they – I think it makes perfect sense that they should use this as, as you know, a different look because they've got all the elements that make this – that make the triple option so dangerous. They have the vertical threat. They've got the sticky-handed receivers. They've got a number of different back, receivers slash backs they can use in different roles. And they got a quarterback with mobility. So – I mean, I like it. I, I don't like it as an every down thing, but as a change-up, different look that, that puts a ton of stress on a defense, yeah, I like it. I don't remember which team it was, but I saw another team run a variation of this option uh, in the preseason. It was with a jet sweep going one way, faking it and running the college option pitch with a running back. I saw another team do it, so maybe this is the new wrinkle that the offensive geniuses are going to implement this year that defenses aren't. Because the whole idea is that you got to bring in something new that defenses aren't prepared for. And how many NFL defenses spend time preparing to stop the triple option? None of them. And maybe the fact that the Niners put this out on tape right now means that they want the Bears to spend a lot of time defending the learning how to defend the triple option and then not call it once that way. I mean, they, they could be playing mind games. You know, I think hey, who knows? It could come from the it could come from D'Amico and the defensive coaches that said, "Man, this would absolutely stress us out. Let's put a, let's take a look because you, you've got everything. You've got a quarterback who can move. You got vertical threats. You got speed. You got versatile weapons. guys and Debo and Gadget Ray Ray guys. Yep. Yeah, I mean they, they're they're almost I, their personnel fits some form of a triple option, but there's a lot of different ways to go about it. So I'm in, interested to see exactly how they would utilize it if they do. 
also, you know, Jordan Mason was at Georgia Tech, and they weren't. They used to be a triple option team. They right. changed, but he was there originally when he was first there. They were a triple option team, and if you go back and watch his highlights that year, I think he had his his most yards per carry, and I think he was like the up back, the guy who was constantly doing the dive and and lining up very close to the line of scrimmage. Well, in the Niners system, it's a it's a pistol, and you have one running back who's basically the fullback next to the quarterback, and one guy behind. And in this system, the running back is next to the quarterback, and the, the gadget guy is behind the Debo or Ray Ray. So he's kind of got experience sort of doing this already. I'm getting my Jordan Mason jersey. I don't care. Better make the team. I like him. Well, and then think about that right there. I mean, if you look at all the look at all the uh, the stress that you're thinking about with all those different weapons at the same time. I'd love to see Mason handed the ball and out of a triple option and see, you know, see what the holes look like. They might be huge. They might be huge. Exactly. And what but to House of Jello's point there's a reason that teams don't run the triple option that much or ever in the NFL. You don't want to get your quarterback hurt. And um, this does sort of open him up. It makes him a runner, opens him up to big shots. So if the Niners really do want to use Trey Lances, they better have a, a backup they trust, whether it's Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo. They might have to play a few games without Lances here if they're really going to use him this way. So they better think hard about who their backup quarterback is. It's an important position. I mean, look, every year uh, last year, the Cardinals needed to survive with a month without Kyler Murray, and they did because they had Colt McCoy. Can the Niners yeah. do that? They need to. Well, and then this, I mean, if you're sitting there worried about the triple option, then you really weren't going to like that Arizona game where they ran Trey on power with no lead blocker. What I didn't like about that was that first, no lead blocker, but also no misdirection. This no, right now the here it is. is all about misdirection. I don't know who has the ball. That was just like, hey man, get the get the ball and run forward. That whoa. <laughs> That's not an idea. That's not a plan. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> I mean, that's I've seen like Pittsburgh hand the ball to Le'Veon Bell, and I thought, man, do they think Trey's Le'Veon Bell? That he's just gonna like sit there and kind of kind of dance in the hole and then just find a hole and go. I, I mean, it's like it like like they were running straight up quarterback wildcat. I mean, it's it's one thing if you want to call a quarterback draw on third down when the defense least expect it with a lead blocker, but quarterback power on first and ten. Kyle, don't ever do that again. Please don't. Don't ever do that again. All right, yeah. Larry. Um, practice starts, what, three hours? It's almost 11 o'clock. Yeah, uh, 145. I'll be there, man. Should be should be a warm one in Santa Clara today. Bring and your I right card. What, what, what the Niners need to focus on and what we need to focus on is no injuries because there's been a lot of these soft tissue injuries, something that the Rams do a good job of avoiding, the Niners don't do a good job of avoiding. And Kyle explained it by saying it's a weird schedule this year. There's a lot of like two days on, three days off. Well, the nine, a lot of these Niners players haven't played since Thursday. Practice nothing. So Kyle, whatever they do, it needs to be a very light practice. No more Jimmy Ward hamstring injuries for anyone else. That's all I'm saying. That's the goal for today. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't, don't get, get hurt. hurt. Short week of practice, what, yep. today, tomorrow, and then they play Thursday night, and then they get like almost three weeks off before the opener. So they got they got a big amount of time. Everybody does to have a big amount of time to prepare for that opener. That's right. Stay healthy. Stay Don't healthy, and that's the key. All right, Larry. See you in three hours. Everyone, thanks for watching. I'll be back between five and six with my post-practice report. See you then. Oh, and buy my merch. <laughs> 49ersqcmerch.com. <laughs> you can get wonderful shirts like this. And uh, to get 10% off, it's uh, CPH1 promo code. See, I'm a great salesman. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, by the way. Thanks, everyone. See you.